Welcome to Future Proof, the marketing podcast from Said Business School, University of Oxford, and Kantar, the marketing insights and consulting company. In each episode, we'll have a frank discussion with industry experts to help brands and business leaders navigate the changing landscape of marketing and hopefully dispel some myths and misconceptions along the way. I'm Jane Osler, Global Head of Media, Insights Division of Kantar. I'm Andrew Stephen, the L'Oreal Professor of Marketing and Associate Dean of Research at the Said Business School. Our guest today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Is... Paul Burke, who is an award-winning copywriter and producer with about 30-odd years' experience, I 30 believe. 30 very odd years, yes. Yes, well, you, you said it. Mm. <laughs> Today we're going to pick Paul's brain about creative work and advertising and really focus in on the lost skills within that space. Paul, welcome. I, I guess we want to kick off since you, you've had these 30, to use your words, odd years of, of uh experience and expertise in advertising. What's timeless in terms of principles that, that hold true now as much as they did way back when? With regards to creativity? Yeah. I suppose it's quite as simple as be any good. Um, if you're a writer, learn to write. If you're involved in any sort of art, learn to draw. Because if you don't have those core skills, and let's face it, most of them don't, you're going you're gonna to get, get into trouble. But those little things have never changed. I know it sounds really old-fashioned, like I'm an English teacher at a prep school. But it's, it's writing, it's spelling, it's syntax, it's, it's conveying information through words and pictures. And just being able to do that without recourse to computers or things. There was a thing at an agency, which um, I won't mention, but um, an agency where their um, whole servers and their computers went down and all the younger kids didn't know what to do. But the older ones just got the pens and pads out and carried on what they were doing. And that is really telling. So those core skills must never and should never go. And if, if they do, creativity always suffers. And that's obvious, but it's true. It allows other people to get in. It allows... Um, people who aren't so creative, maybe they're more data-driven or sort of numerical, they get in because the um, creativity has been weakened. So you, there's no space for data-driven approaches? 
No, none whatsoever. Um, <laughs> data is just um, a servant. It's just it's part of the brief, so you know what you're doing, who you're targeting, why, percentages, this, that and the other. All very handy, but um, it, it's a mere supplement to creativity, or that's how it should be. Okay, so you, you mentioned um, the importance of writing mm-hmm. um, and the importance of quality of writing. Do you, do you have the feeling that's a lost art somehow and it's gone away? Um, it's certainly been in decline because, oh, it's bizarre. But um, I'll take radio as an example because I've done an awful lot of radio in my life. And it's, it's, if you're a writer, it's the purest form. You know, there's no visual content whatsoever. So the people who write radio commercials write radio commercials because they were good at drawing at school. And you think, what? Uh, It's because they were good at drawing, they did art A-level, they go to art college, they go on the advertising course, they come to work in an agency, and um, suddenly they've got a radio brief. And they go, huh? And they don't want to do it, and they're not very good at it. And in a funny sort of way, I don't blame them. That's not what they signed up for. They're good at the drawing, the posters, the digital, the this, the that, the other. So when it comes to actual writing and... It's more important than ever because people talk about content and they talk about, oh, just little things that have, you know, been invented fairly recently, like like emails and texts, even rap music. It's all words. And the advertising agency, for reasons I'll never quite understand, are still enthralled to the visual. The other issue is with creatives. If there was a place just, just over there and it was called Creative School, now I know I'd say this because... It's self-regarding, but in the if you left creative school, if you graduated from creative school in the 1980s, um, advertising is what you'd want to do because it's the coolest thing in the world. It's not really very cool anymore, is it? It's um, there's things other people can do. They can make apps. They can make short films. They can do this. They can do that. So I I feel, and I've certainly seen some of them, that in in advertising we're getting the not-quite-so-creative creative people from creative school. And also, that whole thing where there's two of them, we both do a bit of each. So who's the writer and who's the art director? You know, who's responsible for the copy? Who's responsible for the... Oh, we both... Not good enough. So do you think good writing is something that's... Is it innate or is it taught? Can you learn it? You can learn it. You must have an interest in it. Because some people just don't like it. I was an entirely useless human being from the age of about five. And... Uh, <laughs> They taught me to write at school, you know, in infant school. I didn't really learn anything else, so it's this or begging in the streets. That can be quite liberating. Um, I've always liked it, but when I first started, um, I was a van driver. I was a um, delivery boy, and I always fancied being a writer. And I said to a very, very good copywriter, I don't know, we can name him, uh, called Richard Foster. Probably retired now, but he was great. And I said, the only thing is, I, I know this is a really silly thing to say, childish thing to say, but... Dickens and Shakespeare and English A-level, I don't think I'd ever be a writer because I wasn't that into that English literature. I found it a bit boring. And he goes, yeah, me too. What do you mean, me too? You know, you're a fantastic writer. He said, do you want to learn about writing? Read Roald Dahl. What, children's books? He said, no, 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 he can write for children, writes for adults, got a great compression of thought, never wastes a word, uh, talks to people, involves you. And from that moment on, I wouldn't say all I did was read Roald Dahl books, but I found... There's a different way, and I became interested in it. And I suppose just through practice and through enjoying it, you, you become good at anything, can't you? So how does creative work and advertising become the most exciting job again for creative people? It's very difficult because you've got to tr- attract better people into it. There's people that say, I did a piece of campaign about humour in advertising, and there's two ways of looking at it. Ads aren't funny because the people aren't any good. The people aren't any good because the ads aren't funny, and so they're not attracted to it anymore. 
Um, just teach those core skills. But I think agencies are, are quite squeezed for money now and they don't invest in the way they used to. So what's the answer then? How, 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 how do you see improvement taking place? But, um, you stop recruiting copywriters and art directors in pairs. It's ridiculous. Uh, there's no other walk of life to people uh, work like that. You might, you know, there might be a producer and a director who work together, but they don't work together all the time. And when one was the writer and one was the artist, then you think, well, they have complementary skills and there's a confluence of that and that creates the, the air. But when they go, we both do a bit of each, what would we need two of you for? I'd either split them up and get, and get twice as much work done or fire 50% of the creatives in this industry. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's as simple as if you want it better, that's what you've got to do. What, what about this from, from a client's perspective, though? I mean, a client's willing to pay for the top creative, do they realise or recognise the top creative or is that part of this problem you're seeing? I generally have increasing sympathy with clients. I, I worked, I won't name agencies or clients, but I, I, I did some radio commercials for this particular client when I was working at a particular agency. They knew that I did all of it. I wrote them, produced them. All right, they came and emailed the script over. And, I'm, you know, and, and I did the whole lot. And when that account left that agency, the client said, do you want to... Just give us a quote for doing them. And um, I remember going, mm. so if I get paid well for this, uh, and that's fine, it all goes for £6,500. I thought, what if it goes wrong? Got a really, really cool. Make it eight. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And then I thought, oh. May God forgive me. I'm going to round it up to 10. <laughs> so I sent this quote for £10,000. Client phones up. He goes, about this quote, I was half a second away from saying, I'm so sorry, this is far too much. I'll do it for six of that. They went, is that all? And I went, <laughs> well, yeah. Has you included all the usage? Well, yeah, loads more than there's actually going to be. £10,000, that's it. And I said, yeah, that's it. More than it. £26,000. The agent. Now, I appreciate they've got overheads, but I thought if... If I could do it for six and a half, they're probably charging 12, 15, 26,000 pounds. And that's when I suddenly thought, my <laughs> God, <laughs> you know, and that's on radio. So I can only imagine how much they're being charged. Now, we, we, in some research we've done, we know that campaigns that are integrated or sort of recognisable, mm. linked across all the different mm. channels are more effective because consumers in their minds can put all the pieces together and make something bigger. Mm. So what's your view on campaign integration? We've spoken about radio and we've spoken about the fragmentation and clients using different agencies. Whose job it is, it, is it to make the campaign all hang together if it's being done by lots of different companies? I mean, I, th I think the simple answer to that is it, it only works if you've, um, A, be doing it 
doing that came for quite a long time, and B, if you spent quite a lot of money on it. Very often, I mean, there's another client I was working with, I wanted to kill them, uh, uh, they just kept going on about how does this align with our POS? You can, and very often, again, I, I bring it back to radio because it's very different. They often ask for, what's that horrible phrase, matching luggage. They want matching luggage with some radio, <laughs> with an entirely visual print campaign. And on occasions like that, the matching luggage isn't as important as important as doing good creative work and making optimum use of the medium. Uh, and they, they often don't do that. That said, if you get it right, but they're famous ones that were going for years and years and years, like Heineken, like Hamlet, like things like that, you know, Vorsprung, Dirk, Technik. It doesn't have to be completely, I hate that word aligned, but it doesn't have to be that similar. It can just yeah. be the end line. Yeah, so recognisably... Yeah, so, something uh, yeah, that's unique to you, that no one, you know, that you don't say, uh, we offer say, solutions and... Just something some, some that's quite, quite an original line that you can either write or say. It can't it can be as simple as that. But I, I think the onus is on the creative director, whoever he or she may be, because they're like an editor of a newspaper and they're responsible for the content. So they must make sure it hangs together. If in, or if, um, if they're trying to shoehorn it, then start again. Do something that does hang together more easily. You know it when you've got it, it comes quite easily. So let's talk about digital. What we essentially have there, I guess, in my view anyway, is the, this fragmentation. Mm -hmm. And in lots of different formats, lots of different channels. How does creative, therefore, play a role when it's so diverse? And also the audiences are very uh, diverse in that sense as well, and, and distracted and, and whatever else. So I think that's why the ability, yeah, the ability to write is more important than ever. Because digital, it's only a platform, you know. It's only like the first time they invented TV or billboard posters. Uh, you've still got to have a good idea. It, it, it's still got to be well-written and well-presented. Uh, for instance, if you do a, a, a little online film, now I've done them, it's a television commercial. You know, if you just took it and put it on the telly, it's exactly the same. Same with banner ads. They're just print ads or posters. So the, the skills are the same, but, but, but for some reason, these snake oil salesmen, these charlatans, are saying that there's some sort of different skill required for digital digital. And I, I, would, I, would, I would dispute that completely. And it's usually, again, they're hiding the fact they can't write. They don't have the core creative skills, but they understand the medium better. We've done, uh, we did a piece of research which talks about the importance of strap lines or slogans mm. in making campaigns, mm. you know, hang together. And that consumers recognise that that's really important. How, how important are they, in your view? Uh, it's really important. Uh, it suddenly becomes really important if it's done really well. It takes an awful lot of skill to uh, reduce, compress a whole strategy a whole into one little line. Something like good food costs less at Sainsbury's. Everything you need to know is in there. Everything you need to know. The trouble is now, and I'm sure you've noticed them in print, it's that, what, what would you call it? That sort of business that isn't really English. Find your awesome. Someone who doesn't speak English would think find your awesome is... Um, is and it's not. But then that's a bigger... Uh, issue that we haven't really touched upon is um, pan-European and international commercials. Again, it's just clients being tight. Instead of making a commercial for each market, they just you go to the cinema. So, so walk us through the process of creating great creative, whether it's a, a strapline slogan type thing or, or whatever, really, uh, particularly maybe from the perspective of a listener to this podcast who's working in a creative agency, mm -hmm. is trying their absolute best to produce amazing work, what, what's a great process and maybe some examples? I, I suppose the first thing for any creative is the, there's um, no output without input. I'm appalled by 
um, some of the people that never go to the theatre, don't go to comedy clubs. Yeah, and it's so easy now. Oh, my God, it's so easy. There's YouTube, there's iPlayer. That is the very first. That's the, you should do that as a human being anyway. You know, you, you, you should uh, keep yourself, particularly if you're trying to create things. And all, because something that you saw on that programme, on BBC Two, four years ago, you certainly go, ah, oh, and the best thing about that programme on BBC Two four years ago is you can probably get it on YouTube and bring it up again. So it's so simple and so rewarding. My own thing is um, I do find it hard to work with a partner. This is my... I've, I've had art directors in the past and I love them all. I'd be happy to see them, keep in touch with them. I just don't really like working them. To me, it's like somebody accompanying you to the loo. It doesn't take two of you to do it. I can be working sort of late at night and I'm... <laughs> because apparently... A certain percentage of your energy is siphoned off just trying to stay awake. Even if you're not knackered, you're a bit more tired at 9 o'clock at night than you were at 9 o'clock in the morning. So uh, try to uh, get up and do it early. So I was doing that this morning, but I wasn't really getting anywhere. I just went for a little walk. I live right by Highgate Woods, and they're just... It's a small little, little walk around. It sounds pretentious, but I, I found my ideas among the trees. <laughs> I think there's a direct correlation, apparently there is, between um, movement and walking and... And creative. So you wandered lonely as a cloud. And because yeah. I used to say when I when I worked at DDB, uh, I say if you see me at my desk, I'm skiving, I'm on Facebook, I'm on the internet, I'm mucking about. If I really had work to do, um, just just walk off, go somewhere else. It shouldn't matter now. Get up early, walk. No input without output. Uh, no output without input. Always make the most of your deadline. Is the other thing. If you've got ten days, don't do it now. Um, because, <laughs> because you, I've got an idea and you just do it and you, have, you will never know what you might have come up with in those subsequent nine days. On the other hand, uh, you're thinking about it. Yeah, make the most of it. Read the brief the moment you get it so it's in there and then you've, you might see something that you wouldn't have noticed otherwise. You've got your brain in that mode. I, I think it, it, what, whether it's a piece of furniture or a piece of music or an ad, if it's well made, it will last um, you can see stuff that's done on the cheap. You can, you know, you hear cheap, cheaply produced dance music. Oh, that's not going to last like Motown did with a full orchestra at the back. So just do it as well as you can. Oh, I mean, it's a dream. You know, if I see someone on the telly or in a, at the theatre, it's quite likely it's happened many, many times that I've written a script and next Thursday, that person off the telly or off the stage is reading something I wrote. I mean, it's just such a joy. And from the artistic point of view, you get to work with really good directors, uh, photographers, you know, illustrators, who will, you've got an idea in your head, and these brilliant people will make it a reality. So, Paul, it sounds like you love what you do. So, yeah, so do. if someone wants to get into this and starting out, what, what should they do? Um, again, it's very different from how it was 30-odd years ago. <laughs> I left school when I was 18 with no qualifications, really, apart from O-levels. But advertising will always find a use for you. It had a, quite a random selection process. And what makes me not laugh, but makes me want to cry, is that uh, the way they go on about, we're not getting diverse people in. We always used to, but we didn't call it that. People just used to sort of, I'm not saying they turned up and everyone got a job, but they, they didn't really care whether you were male, female, black, white, where you came from. I think in certain things like account management, you know, it was better that you'd been to university in a good place. Yeah. That, that sort of thing because it was more formal. But creatives could come from anywhere. Nowadays, there's a good college that I went and did to talk to. The kids there were, the kids, uh, were quite good, called, called Falmouth. There's still the copywriting course at Watford. And they, they do at least try to teach you to do, to do that properly. I think that's the only way in. 
I'd like to think that selection process will change and people will just pitch up. I started in the post room and people have said to me, oh, you must have been so, so driven. I'm thinking, well, my van was driven, but I, <laughs> I wasn't. Um, it was just, I just came home and said, Mum, I've got a job. But it's a little more structured now. I think you'd find people, you'd probably find graduates going into the post room because it's a way in. Uh, and it is a bit more difficult. And it, it, it's not like training to be a ballerina or a Premier League footballer. It's not that difficult. Uh, <laughs> and if you want to do it, you can. But yeah, just, just, keep, just keep looking, just, uh, just stay curious. Just stay curious about everything. Just be persistent and be nice and, um, you know, keep going round and round with your book. If you, if you have work in your portfolio, every, every bit of work you've got, someone will like and someone will dislike. But after a while, you think, well, they all keep saying they don't like that one, so maybe they've got a point. But in the end, you have to make your own decision and have your own taste. But keep at it, because this industry, long after I'm dead and gone, is going to need you. So I'm thinking about this from my students at Oxford. So MBA students, executives, those sorts of people. Mm. So probably more on the client side. Yeah. What, what do they need to know, actually, in terms of how to get better creative work out of the creatives, how to work better with creatives, how to appreciate uh, great creative? What, what's the advice you'd give to them from your perspective? The first thing that I'd suggest, and I really mean this, uh, although we joke about it because it's such an easy subject, is speak like, don't use any words in a meeting room that you wouldn't use to your wife and children, your mum or your friends. You know, don't revert back. I mean, we all know those sort of... Business bucket, speak. Yeah, bucketise um, opportunities. <laughs> Drop that for a start, because anyone, the moment you come out with that, people think you're stupid, that you can't speak properly. <laughs> you think you're being clever, and nobody else does. So that'd be the first thing, because um, what you're trying to do as a client is communicate. You're in the communications industry. You can't communicate with the people around the table without reverting to some arcane sort of code. That's a really bad start. And the clients I've met over the years, the, the, less the, 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 the more plainly they, they speak, the clearer their thoughts. The clearer their thoughts, the more the creatives are able to respond to them. So that, that sounds like a joke, but it's so important. And just take an interest. Agency will sometimes keep clients out. I, I believe clients should be involved quite early on. Not sitting there when it's done, but have a look at the first draft. Come to the recording. Invite them along. Let, let, them, let them feel like they're horrible word coming up. Stakeholders in it. Make, make mm -hmm. sure they have an opinion. The only trouble you get sometimes, and again, I'm talking about radio recordings, is you'll say to... You want the client there. So, because when you go to a recording, when you go to a shoot, it's never, I've never recorded a script as it was. Something's always too long, too short. When they say it out loud, it sounds a bit weird. Oh, can we drop that? And you want the client there so you can say, um, is that all right? Can we do that? And it's no good having the person there who's not a decision maker. They've got to, and, and you've got to learn to delegate. What, what I have discovered is people were given radio or they were given smaller jobs, clients, this is, to make their own decisions, to run it, to own it. And funny, you know yourself, when you're put in charge of something, you think, oh, I better make it a good thing. So, so, Paul, if you could have written one ad or one campaign in your dreams, what, what, which one would it have been? Uh, a famous campaign that I thought was superb was The Economist. Yeah. I mean, so simple. Nothing in it apart from very clever writing. We're talking about strap... They're not exactly strap lines, but to, to get a little thought. My favourite one just said, still or sparkling. Just, oh, why didn't I do that? That's great, isn't it? And also, because um, I used to DJ <laughs> back in <laughs> back before the 90s, and I always loved old records, collect them. And so when Levi's came out, and, yeah, and, and all those 50s and 60s records were getting to the charts in the 80s and 90s, I thought, oh, I wish I'd done that. 
that's great. I, I'm the only one that knew that record till now. Uh, so I always thought, yeah, I think when you look at the Leave Out ads, I've been looking at them recently for a, a piece or written in campaign, the stand, they do stand up. They are completely timeless because they're set in the past, the music's in the past, and they look amazing. And I wouldn't mind you doing that. Levi's and The Economist. And show me a creative who has never claimed credit in front of people outside the industry, like his family at Christmas, who has never claimed an ad he hasn't done. And I'll, <laughs> I'll show you a liar. I've done it loads of times. I've certainly done Levi's and The Economist. You've been listening to Future Proof, the marketing podcast from Saeed Business School and Kantar. Find more episodes and related content at uk.kantar.com or at sbs.oxford.edu. Thank you.